It is time once again for a new season of the Renovare Book Club. This year, we're working with the Dallas Willard book, A Classic by Teresa of Avila, a book on prayer by Emily Griffin, and our first book is titled Fearfully and Wonderfully, and it's facilitated by the author, Philip Yancey. If you sign up by September 30th, we'll send you the first book before we officially start. You can learn more at renovare.org slash book club. Paul says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit, and get this, for the common good. The holiness tradition is about the power to be the kind of person God wants us to be. The charismatic tradition is about the power to do the works of God. It is in learning holiness that it becomes safe for God to give us power, that we don't destroy ourselves or others. I'm back again this month interviewing my father, Richard Foster, as we start out our month's exploration in the charismatic stream. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Podcast. So I was I was looking through the streams today, and let me just read the list if I can. Yeah. Contemplative, holiness, charismatic, social justice, evangelical, and incarnational. Right. Here's what occurred to me. I suspect there's one of those traditions that nearly everybody cringes when they hear. <laughs> It'd be a different yeah. one, but, you know, a, a, a word that right. needs redeeming. So what, wh- why'd you do that? Don't you know your audience that you're going to disrupt people with these? <laughs> <laughs> That's the idea. You want to disrupt some times and uh, help people think in different patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you say that, you know, the streams are very different in a sense because the denominational lines are not as right. you know, rigid, but uh, but people have forgotten many yeah. of these. Didn't you say that early on you couldn't find anyone on the Renovari team that was comfortable not with a, everyone? Not on the Renovari team. When you went out among people, uh, we couldn't find anybody who liked them all. Right, right. They all had objections to this one or that one or whatever. So sure. that just was a... Some people, the charismatic was a problem to them. Some people, the holiness was a problem. Uh, social justice really bothered some people. And uh, the incarnational, they didn't know what in the world I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the safe one that everybody likes because they don't know they, what it means. They don't quite know what it's about. <laughs> I, I kind of think some of our work with this, doing these series of, of podcasts, is helping um, give a clear picture of it. Because I, I don't think that most people will have problems with it in, in the once they hear about it and learn about right, it. Right, exactly. Most of our um, challenges are probably good challenges because they're based off distortions of some right. sort, often. Right, right. Yeah. 
So the charismatic tradition, the spirit empowered life. Right. What is that all about? Well, you see, we talked about the holiness tradition earlier, which was the power to be the kind of person that God wants us to be. The charismatic tradition works on the power to do the works of God. So that's that's why it's so important or valuable for the holiness experience to have been, you know, having its way with us so that when we come to the charismatic stream, uh, the the power to do things doesn't hurt us as in the same way. It you, you, we all know how destructive power can be, and uh, that's why having the kind of character that will handle this is wonderful. And then, and then the spiritual life. We're all we're all charismatic. There are no non-charismatic Christians because we all believe in the Trinity, the Spirit. Uh, it's, a, it's part of the Christian confession, Christian canon. Does that make sense? It does. And you bring up a really good point because I think culturally there's a sense that people don't consider examining power as a negative or a potential right. destructive force. Right, right. Right? Like people just want power, they want to have influence, yeah. and not yeah. consider that it's going to come with a lot of challenges, some of which we may not be able to handle. Exactly, exactly. So I, I love this. Holiness, becoming the type of people that God can give us power and it not destroy us right. or uh, right. hurt other people. And there are times out of graciousness, God withholds power uh, because he knows we can't handle it. Now, we all know people who, you know, if people are really after this is what they want, sure, God will be generous to them. And uh, and sometimes the results are not uh, healthy at all. But other times, I mean, this is a wonderful tradition because uh, it teaches us that we aren't in charge of all this stuff, and we just go forward, and and things happen, and God does things, and we know that that's God, and we just are happy in it, and uh, and learn to. Uh, Learn to rejoice. I remember one of the times. Well, we don't. We don't need to make too much, uh, too much of it. I remember one of the times. Uh, this guy. This is the George Fox, a 17th century Christian guy, uh, who was quite a charismatic leader. And a, uh, a guy came up. He had a withered arm, and and he asked Fox to pray for him. So he did. You know, right there on the road. He just uh, gave a prayer for his arm, and uh, and then left, and nothing happened until that night, and the man was awakened, and and his arm grew out. So well, quite an amazing thing. But uh, three or four days later, he finds Fox walking down the road, and 
And all that Fox said to him is, Oh, George, I see that thy arm mendeth. <laughs> that was all he did. <laughs> Leave it at I mean, that. Isn't that, that's nice. Oh, no, that's wonderful. I'm glad for that. But you you don't have to do, do anything more than that. That's an example of a person who could handle power. Yeah. Good and safe. Yeah, without it going to their his head. And, I mean, just saying this word, holding the, you know, being involved in, in, in the power of the spirit, that just freaks some people out right off the bat. <laughs> right. Like, what do you mean by that? And how do you know if it's real? All that stuff. Yeah, well, that's all part of learning in the charismatic stream. Because there's a lot of holy baloney that goes on in that. And uh, learning to discern what is real and and uh, and experience helps us with that, and we just uh, take one step at a time, not get too exercised about it one way or another. Let me give a let me give a little passage, please. Uh, the largest passage in the New Testament that works on the charismatic stream is First Corinthians chapters twelve through fourteen. 12, 13, and 14. And you'll notice at the center of this teaching that Paul is giving about uh, the gifts of the Spirit is what we call the love chapter, which gives you a hint about what is central to, uh, you know, this, uh, this work. But in chapter 12, Paul says, now there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit, and get this, for the common good. Mm. That's that's what they're for. That's what all of this is for. It's for the common good. So you see how that, you know, helps us to relax a little bit. There are varieties, but it's one spirit. There are services, there's there's gifts, there's but it's one Lord, and all of these activities. Uh, in the spirit are done for the common good. That becomes a discernment tool. Mm-hmm. Does this is this done for the good of everybody? I took a dip in this stream in my twenties. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if I ever told you about. I, I went for a number of times to this, I don't know, it was some Friday night, you know, meeting uh-huh. that went late into the hours. And, and, and it was, you know, it was, I hadn't seen anything quite like it. And <laughs> in one sense, I, I was left thinking, I almost feel like this is a safe haven for people with some mental health issues. <laughs> uh, I'm quite serious to, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And 
but but yet there were some really good things in there, and yeah. there was an openness, and people were really, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeking and longing, and then some uh-huh. not so much. But what what do I, you know, I did I left that experience not really knowing what to do with it or what to yeah, think about. Of course, it. of course, that's one of the things we see pretty quickly is that very often in actual experience there's mixture there's uh god and god is so so gracious so kind to you know work with people in all kinds of settings so you have the spirit of god moving in sometimes quite amazing ways uh setting people free and do healing things and and emotional healing kind of things. And then there's flesh that's at work too. And you can see that it isn't. And see, this is a good test. Is this just for somebody to strut or is it for the common good? <laughs> and does it, um, and sometimes people get, really taken up by it, the razzmatazz, the fireworks, uh, and we do need to be uh, discerning about that because sometimes that's wonderful. Other times, it's not good. It just leads people to magic religion kind of stuff. And uh, and we can we can learn we can learn because we know there's mixture. Uh, I mean, when when Paul said, "Despise not prophesying, test all things, hold fast to that which is good." See now, why did he say despise not prophesying, even in his day? There was crazy things going on that just wasn't of God at all, holy baloney. And the temptation of people were just to say, fooey on it all. Hmm. And uh, he says, don't do that. Don't despise it. Test all things. Hold fast to that which is good. That's good. So, yeah. Well, one of the things in that that, I see quite clearly in in folks who would, you know, call themselves charismatic, which is an uh-huh. interesting thing that that becomes a kind of defining. It does become a, a sort of defining thing for people, some people. But the piece that I've uh, I've observed is is this reckless abandonment, uh-huh. this openness, uh-huh. and this kind of longing that um, may be sometimes misguided, but quite beautiful. Yes. Yes. Vulnerability of sorts right. and a waiting and expecting, yeah, waiting a, for the spirit. There is a holy expectancy that God is going to intervene and and do things. And uh, it's see, that's one of the great values of the charismatic stream is that it, it keeps us aware on our tiptoes. <laughs> that God is God is active and God is working, and uh, we can expect things to happen in the presence of God. It's see, 
It's when we start seeking the gift more than the giver that it can become problematic and and lead to these excesses that you know we we turn away from. But uh, when it when that freedom is opened up, and God does work through that, and God is pleased even to work with and through people who are not particularly <laughs> all together about everything. <laughs> sure. God but still that, works in the, the yeah. right in the messiness of the human condition. But oh, there's course, there's the Bible right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but of course, that's also true in all these other traditions. Yeah, cuz you're really back to vessel treasure. That's exactly right. And it's very important to recognize that uh, in a tradition that isn't as emotive, say, uh, there can be all kinds of excesses too. It's just that it's not as noticeable. What, or, what do you mean? Well, you take uh, people in the social justice tradition; they can they can get wacky too. Right? No, they do. And, yeah, <laughs> but it's not usually as noticeable because uh, they're doing good service or something like that or right, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you could you just explain the vessel treasure briefly for oh, folks? I know oh, you've done it well, before, but it's just very no, helpful. no. That's just uh, it's it's just unpacking a little bit Paul's words. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. He goes on to say that the treasure is the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The vessel, in the particular context of that passage, is the human body, but it also refers to the ways that we have, the human ways we have of enshrouding the treasure. Um, And so that's involves all of our religious traditions and many, many kinds of things and and, uh, human uh, emotional temperament and all of those kinds of things. So one treasure, one treasure, this is what we're to pass on to people. There are many vessels and um, the vessels can be varied. and they're not necessarily wrong at all, but we don't try to pass on the vessel to people. That is, I don't try to get people to do it the way I do it, uh, uh, because I'm in a particular human vessel uh, and and religious uh, expression, uh, and I don't. Uh, I don't have to make people do it that way uh, because it's just vessel and somebody else has a different vessel. It's okay. And and this can be done really with all the streams. That's exactly right. Where exactly. Right. Focus becomes, you know, the liturgy right. or the Bible or, 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 or yes, holiness. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not the vessel. It's the treasure that we're after. And uh, vessels can be of great interest. Uh, 
Some of these are cultural. I mean, you know, we can appreciate uh, a cultural expression of worship, for example, that comes out of whatever, you know. Uh, think of some of the wonderful Hispanic uh, uh, singing and worship, and, and we, can, we can appreciate that. Uh, I've, I've always found the, the Korean preaching of interest, great interest. Uh, it's a vessel expression. They're great preachers, really. <laughs> <laughs> and and the treasure, the treasure. Talk a little more about the treasure, because that's really where we want to be. Christ is the treasure, and the life with Christ. That's the treasure, and so that we're learning to be with Christ in our own vessel. We're not having to, you know force anything but uh, we but but what we're after is this life this life this ongoing life with Christ and uh, certain vessels help us to move in that direction better uh, but we don't we don't get married to those things we don't it's it's Christ that we're trying to imitate Christ we're trying to live with Christ you know is what was it Saint Patrick uh, Christ before me Christ above me Christ behind me Christ beside me and that's what we want and then we uh, part of our task is to work with uh, how that how that works out in you know our lives our context our um, relationships, our uh, homes, our work settings, uh, with with bosses, with co-workers, with uh, all kinds of circumstances, situations. That's learning uh, to use a charismatic. That's learning to walk in the spirit. What does that look like in those contexts? Well, this is the this is the beauty of this, and also the complication of it. It looks different for everybody, every person. Uh, I mean, there are great similarities in the sense that, for example, we begin to love people, love our neighbor. We begin to uh, find. Uh, ease in telling the truth and not exaggerating. We, uh, uh, it's those kind of things, but but they're expressed. There's all kinds of cultural and personality expressions. Uh, some people are very emotive. Others are very quiet. How is telling the truth an expression of the charismatic? tradition? Well, the Spirit guides us into all truth. The Spirit doesn't guide us into falsehoods. They're just incompatible. That's all. So this idea that it, it, it's the same Spirit, but can look different for each of us in different contexts. And, and is, it, is it really that simple as um, you know, responding to the movement of, w- wait a second, Nate, you need to tell the truth, 
or exactly you need to go you know reach out to this person or mm-hmm. you need to shut up that those are <laughs> movement potentially movements of the spirit that I've learned yes. to respond to it and it really is that simple this is not uh, rocket science we don't we don't need a lot of complicated anything we uh, we need a heart that is open to this and eager to grow in grace and uh, god comes to us and works with us and encourages us we make mistakes we learn from them and and we move forward learning to think god's thoughts after him learning to walk in the spirit confessing our sins uh, so that we might walk in the light as he is in the light. All of those things are part of it. But, but like you say, it's, it's really quite simple. Let's say that this is a tradition I'm not familiar with and maybe had some baggage around. And, and I, th- this afternoon, I wanted to um, lean into this. Mm-hmm. What would I do? How would I approach that? Well, you might, you might just start uh, by uh, praying a little bit and asking God to be with you and to teach you. And then... Go through the afternoon in a kind of listening and receptive spirit. And as you go, uh, you're meeting somebody, and there's just this there's just this gentle sense that uh, uh, here's somebody that needs a encouraging word. Mm-hmm. And so you sit with them and see what comes of it. Just like the one time I was having just a little prayer time and I just felt that I should call the chaplain at the college where I was working and uh, a little later on called. Now I was his pastor. So the first thing I said to him was, Ron, I'm not calling to ask you to do anything. I just called to say hi. Oh, he says, I'm so glad you called. And out it comes. And you go, oh, yeah, right. You, you heard something. Yeah. That helps you develop a history with God. That's exactly right. Because you, by experience, by action, begin to feel the sense of how God works that God um, doesn't push or shove. God nurtures and encourages, and you begin to tell the difference. And we do that even with other people. If, you know, you detect pretty fast if somebody has, has an agenda going and they're trying to get you to do something. Or if somebody's there genuinely to encourage you, to just be with you, to be interested in the things you're interested in. 
Are you saying that's a little like learning uh, about God that we're you bet. catching this kind of the tone, the texture, the ways of and begin right. to recognize? We do, we do it in human relationships pretty regularly and and we can uh, and that's just a, gives us a, a sample of how all of that works with God. So I was thinking of the the verse, "My sheep know my voice." My voice. And, and my voice. Exactly, exactly. And I'm the good shepherd, said Jesus, and my sheep know my voice, and uh, and that's part of uh, hearing the voice and knowing, detecting that uh, God is in it, and having those experiences like with the chaplain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't always work that way, right? Sometimes you yeah. you, you you never yeah. know if it you was never know. It's okay. You just sometimes you're just wrong. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing that I want to encourage people, and that is just step out. Some some people are so afraid. You know, uh, will I make a mistake? Well, well, if you if you sense that this is a a right thing to do. Follow your leading <clears throat> and see what happens and learn from it. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. That is one of the things I really like about this tradition is helping us step out into uncomfortable spaces. And and I, I do sense a gentleness of um, helping me move slowly into new spaces. Mm-hmm. And I do feel that that is one of the marks of the Spirit a gentleness. Now, there are times when, you know, there can be real emotion, there can be quite energetic stuff that goes on. Uh, Fire. Fire, that's right. And see, think of, just think of the contrast. Moses on Mount Sinai had all the fireworks. Think of the Ten Commandments. But Elijah, in the cave, he was. That's what he was looking for. Elijah was looking for the earthquake, wind, and fire. The earthquake came, the wind came, the fire came, and he said, "And the Lord wasn't in it." And then the voice came, the voice that made no sound, literally. We, we usually translate it the still small voice. And we learn that in the general ways of living, that the spirit works through the still small voice. There's a gentleness to it. That's a, that's a good word, a good mark. But, but we're, not, uh, we're not rejecting the Moses fireworks times, too. If they come, wonderful. (laughs) And sometimes there's like quantum leaps forward in people. And boy, I'm for that. It's interesting just in these examples to see how um, how the interplay between the streams. So you're talking about you start prayer, which, you know. The contemplative, the holiness. Charismatic, evangelical, evangelical helps evangelical, discern. Right, 
All social justice being yep. present yep. to others in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very helpful. Any closing words for us? Go forward in the power of the Lord, walking in the light, being confident that the Spirit of God is with you, leading you, guiding you, teaching you, loving you. Do not be afraid. Well, there you have it. As always, thanks for listening and have a good week.